a property sells really well if it's styled really well. Not cluttered, just styled. Some people are fabulously good at that. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. This episode is sponsored by the Renovation Bootcamp. It's the renovation fast track for replacing your income now or at retirement. It's our core training and a prerequisite for our Wonder Women program. It's the perfect mix of online and live training. There are eight modules delivered online that you can complete at your own pace. Alongside that, we run eight live Zoom tutorials where you can connect with me and our resident experts to help you to apply the training to your personal circumstances. It includes our signature system, the one that we use to produce an average of 100,000 profit from Cosmetic Plus renovations, plus a repertoire of strategies to make sure that you can progress regardless of what's happening in the market. If you'd like to know more, go to www.theschoolofrenovating.com forward slash bootcamp. Hello, it's Bernadette back with another episode of She Renovates. And today I have Charmaine Smith here. Charmaine is a, is it right to say you're a serial renovator, Charmaine? Yes, you could probably do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she's a very hands-on renovator. So Charmaine and I are like chalk and cheese in the renovating department. But she has a fascinating story and she is, doing amazing things with renovating and property in general. And so I've invited her on to share a bit about her story and how she goes about the process. So welcome, Charmaine. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me to such an interesting thing for the girls out there. Yeah. So I'm just wondering, um, just for it to kick us off, if you'd like to share a bit about your background and how you actually came to renovating. Oh, okay. A uh, long, long way back. I, um, I was an art student after high school and uh, then a fashion uh, design student. And then I had a business in fashion for, for many years until we had the recession we had to have. Thank you, Mr. Keating. Um, everybody remembers that one. And I then decided to uh, go into real estate, uh, given that I have a fascination and interest for property. So I, I actually am a licensed real estate agent, but you know, don't tell anyone. I, uh, I didn't like general brokerage. So I, I uh, hunted down and became involved in off the plan project marketing, which uh, involves uh, being involved in building works. So over the last 22 years, I've been selling high-end, uh, high-profile apartment properties for many, many developers and real estate agents. And uh, just having a love for property, I started uh, doing my own thing on the side, as it were, as a bit of a hobby. I did a few things beforehand. I had an apartment in Threadbow that I drove down and renovated. That was a big trip. I've renovated the office for uh, the Fire Brigade Credit Union, given my father was uh, a senior fireman at the time. I uh, built a house in North Katoomba from scratch. A uh, bit hands-on there, but I did have a builder. 
and uh, I built a uh, Australian style cottage, timber cottage, it was gorgeous. And then I bought in uh, South Katoomba a, um, a derelict house, my God, what was they biting off? And uh, that turned into an amazing, amazing property. And I should have kept it, but I, I did sell it. I did make a profit. I bought it for 275, I put in about $80,000 and I sold it for about 550. So there was some good return uh, in that one. And gosh, I bought a property down in Ulladulla, which I keep in my superannuation and that I renovated hands-on as well. I mean, I do enlist electricians and plumbers for things that I'm not legally able to do. So, you know, and apart from that heavy, heavy things, I can't lift heavy things. I've collected a bit of a team of people in different areas that I, you know, call upon. But now I'm uh, finalising a renovation on my own warehouse in Erskineville, finishing off a uh, garage studio and loft, which is uh, steel and concrete and more of a contemporary style in my own property. But when I do renovations, I tend to like traditional cottages. And then, yep. and then you know, balancing that with a full-time job. Over this last year has been a bit different because full-time job disappeared with COVID, but that's okay. Doesn't, I'm not worried about that. Yeah. So it sounds like you do all the carpentry yourself? Not all carpentry. No, I have a carpenter that, um, that I work with, but we, we work together. I tend to employ tradies that are okay with me being hands-on and involved. A lot of the fellows don't like girls on the job. I don't know. That's said sad uh, thought for them. But, you know, if I have to build something, I'll build it. When it comes to plumbing, that's not that difficult. I do all stormwater plumbing. I do all the trenching work myself, digging digging holes. <laughs> if you want to get fit, um, seriously, if you want good abs, you start digging trenches and uh, you'll, you'll lose weight and get fit very, very, very quickly. But uh, I do as much as I can. My electrician is a good friend of mine. So he shows me how to wire up and I just do it. Um, I wired a, I've wired a lot of lights up. And then I, I do need to get someone like him to, to check it and sign it off. You don't just uh, do it. Oh. But painting, silicon work, I hate anybody doing silicon. I'm really fussy. I, I get a bit fussy about things like that. But I'll do uh, whatever plaster work needed, uh, sanding, hate sanding plaster. But, you know, whatever you need to do, if I, if I can't do it myself, I will get someone else to do it. Wow. I hate sanding plaster too. In fact, I hate anything DIY, to be honest. I've done my share of it too, but I gave it up. But you must have collected a reasonable toolkit. Look, I don't have high-end tools. I'd like to, but, I, but I'm pretty hard on my tools. I actually quite like the uh, lower end, the Azito range. Uh, you burn it out, you throw it away. Sorry about landfill, sorry. And then, you know, go find an, another one. But I, I do have quite a lot of tools. Every time I visit my parents, I always take a, a carload of tools because there's always something that needs to be done and fixed and uh you know then i can you know i just i don't like being without my tools so yeah reason i do have seven meter high scaffolding which is quite good wow. fun i do enjoy that wow yeah. but scaffolding if you want to lose weight and get fit run around scaffolding for for a couple of months and um you, you just tone up absolutely so quickly forget the gym it costs too much mm. beautiful so I'm gathering that your projects, you don't turn them over quickly. Oh, look, we all try to. The one on my own home, that's been a slow grind, mostly because I've been working my day job as well as doing this. 
and also waiting for trades. I, I only like to use certain people and you've really got to wait for them to be available. And that's not always, that's not always good. But first house I built in Katoomba, I actually advertised it through forsalebyowner.com, blah, blah. That was sold before it was finished. I never even got a chance to, to style it. Um, a lady was walking up the driveway with her uh, husband and she said, this is it, I, I want this, this, and she just had to have it at any price. So that was pretty handy. And then the second house in Katoomba that I renovated, it was the same, same story. I think that was only on the market for about three weeks. I think people can see quality. So, you know, if you do the job right and you don't dodgy over things, then, um, then, then people see that there is work having to be done. And if you can show them photos of what you have done along the way, then they can uh, trust and believe that the, um, the renovation is a good job. Absolutely. Which is important. The quality of the, the reno is definitely a key to, you know, getting a decent price. So who would have been your role models or who are the people that inspire you? Oh, well, my mother, she's... Um, She's one of these people that's a can-do person. She taught me how to sew when I was terribly young and uh, she's, she's hands-on. Uh, anything needed fixing around the house. Um, my, my father was a fireman. We very rarely saw him. Uh, so, you know, mum just had to do everything. So she just taught me. And then just watching, you know, being on building sites for my job, I was always watching what the trades were doing and ask questions. When you're in Bunnings looking at products, don't bother asking a Bunnings person because generally they don't know. There's always a 1-800 number on a product, um, no matter what you're looking at, that you can ring. And the technical advice guys uh, or person, girls maybe, uh, are really, really, really happy to help you with their product and advise. So information is so out there now, it doesn't take much. I mean, you can YouTube and do things, but most of YouTube videos are um, internationally based and uh, don't cover the kind of products that, that we have here or, or our Australian standards. We have incredibly high standards in Australia on buildings, so you've got to be careful to uh, follow a, a YouTube but anyway, it does give you some help and some ideas. You know, I like rendering. That's one of my little passions. Uh, I really do enjoy rendering. And you watch a few YouTube kind of videos and you think, oh, God, you know, I do it my way. I do it a bit differently. Charmaine, I'm in complete awe. I just like hard work. I, I mean, I'm getting older now, so it's getting a bit harder. But still, if you get out there and, and do it and be physical. And look, even if it's, you know, with rendering, I, I, I rendered a, a garden wall here in my house with paper and cement. I thought I'd just try this. I mixed up cement with shredded paper and mushed it all up and spread it all over the Well, I really like it. Um, you know, some, people's <laughs> some people think it's uh, not so fabulous, but I think for me, for what I wanted, that soft sort of look, it, I think it worked really incredibly well, but you, you do have to paint it and seal it really seriously because it's paper, it will melt <laughs> underneath. Wow, so you like yeah. to experiment. Very much so. I do moulding. I did a short course in moulding, went out to Mudgy Winery with a, a wonderful teacher by the name of Claire Tennant. She's a professional casting moulder and uh, she taught a group of us how to mould. So now if I have a piece broken on a ceiling that you just can't find another, you know, you can create a mould and then remould it and attach it. All sorts of little things. I actually molded my parents' hands. 
uh, which was a gorgeous thing. And now at, the, at my front gate, I have a sculpture of my parents' hands, which is uh, really quite sweet. But if you need to, if you've got something broken in a heritage home, it's impossible and very expensive to find that little broken corner. And if you have another corner that's right, you can silicone mold it and make a cast and then boom, you can make as many as you like after that. That's amazing, yeah. Those, those skills are priceless because it's not just the saving of the money, it's the time and the grief you go through trying to find the solution. Oh, absolutely. You call companies that are frantic and busy and, you know, I, I actually tried to connect with a company up in uh, Newcastle to find some um, framework for bifold doors. And it was disappointing, actually. This technical advisor, he said, listen, lady, I don't have time for this. And he hung up on me. And I, you know, I was like, you're serious? And then uh, not so long after I had a email, because apparently I ended up on their database, so, that, you know, our company is amazing and we're here to help. So I sent them a message back, well, Brett's not, and explain why. And then I get a phone call from this guy. He said, I didn't say that. And I said, well, yes, you did. So, you know, it's sometimes it can be a bit difficult. I ended up just importing the bifold doors from China instead. I do a lot of importing of product if I, if I need it. That's not so hard, but you've got to be careful there. <laughs> yes, funny about that. <laughs> Yes. Um, do you go to China to source? No need to get on an aeroplane. Many years ago I did when I was importing silk fabric for the fashion label that I had. Uh, it was very difficult with the language barrier. But now there's plenty of good websites and I tend to prefer Alibaba. Most people have heard of it. Yes. The only problem is you generally have to buy in bulk, um, which is not, not so stressful. But I just bought one set very large bifold, specific size, exactly what I wanted. They created a video of it, built and finished, packed it in flat pack and sent it to Australia. Happy days, you know. And it's beautiful. It works really incredibly well and for an amazingly good price. So you know, that's all about research. Um, it takes a lot of time. People think it's easy, but it's hours and hours and hours of evening after work time research to uh you know to find products that you want and then to feel like you trust the company at the other end and paying them the money up front and then hoping that it gets here <laughs> it generally does it generally does they they do have a um an insurance protection system i have bought supplies from alibaba more particularly um light fittings and paneling mm -hmm. and things like that yeah, I did yeah, have yeah. one instance where I ordered silk pillowcases from Alibaba and this same company did El Cheapo satin ones and they sent me the satin ones, which were about 20% yeah. of the price. Yeah. And oh, I gave up in the end. But sometimes oh. that guarantee works and sometimes it doesn't. But anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of your budgeting for your project, do you calculate in your time on an hourly rate? Like, do you allow for that? Look, on my home, no. My home is, it's my passion. You know, it's like my sculpture. It's my finale of building work. So, 
you know, I'm putting in, yes, I've been very budget wise, but you know, I'm putting in a lot of hours. You know, my partner who was just calling always gives me a hard time for, you know, you don't value your time. But when you find you're passionate about it, for me, time is irrelevant. I'm happy to do it and at the end of the day. But when I when I buy a property to specifically renovate and on sell, then I don't start from the bottom and work up. I start with, because I'm very good at 3D visualizing a finished product. I can see what I can do with it and I know what it's going to look like, probably given my art background. But I do a lot of research in the, in an area and make sure I know what properties are selling for, if they have this, that, or whatever, new kitchen, new bathroom, extended, uh, whatever. So I start with the end price. If I'm going to sell it for X, what is it going to cost me to do the renovation, not including my time? And then what am I going to pay for it? Now, so it doesn't matter what they have, a person has it on the market for, it's what I think the value is. And then that's what I'm going to pay for it. And that includes my solicitor's stamp, stamp duty and whatever else goes involved on that. And then if there's a reasonable profit in that, worthy of you know being away from home and doing all the hard yards, then I'm happy with that. And so do you have a particular strategy for building wealth? Are you following a strategy or are you just being guided by the opportunities that present to you in terms of building wealth with renovating? Oh, I'd like to say I had a really good strategy, but <laughs> for me, it's more is is a particular area, a growth area, what is going there. I guess that's a strategy. What kind of property is, is going to sell well once it's renovated? Maybe that's a strategy. I have a property down on the south coast in my superannuation, which has been with community housing. I just rent it with community housing. And um, that's been there about four years now. Well, it's about time to bulldoze and, and rebuild. So the land's big enough to put two houses on. But I probably would use a project home builder on that one. It's a bit hands-free and I can just keep doing what I do in Sydney and just walk away from that and just wait for it to be turnkey and, uh, and finished. Yeah. I think it depends on the property, you know, the land, whether it's worth doing a project home, whether it's worth talking to a local builder, whether it's worth, you know, what value you're going to bring it, whether it's worth doing some just small trick ups. You can do some really reasonably small trick ups and make a place look fabulous, especially gardens. A lot of properties for sale tend to neglect the garden, but paint the front of the house or um, do the inside and not do the outside. And real estate agents, as we all know, tend to be a little relaxed in showing people. So they, oh, you just do a drive-by and if you like it, I'll show you through. So yeah, that doesn't always help. But I don't know. I don't think I. I don't think I'm the sort of person that has, in my mind, has a strategy. Maybe I do. Yeah. And one of the things that I find when I'm just working on projects, I find it quite lonely. So you're clearly someone. Would you call yourself an introvert? No, not really. I'm a Leo. I'm <laughs> quite a um, sociable person. However, I do like working on my own and and, and being in projects marketing off the plan I'm often manning a sales suite on my own I mean I'm a, I don't care I work either way I can work with a team or I can work on my own and I'm not a lonely person I don't have that gene you know I don't have loneliness I don't have jealousy I don't you know, there's a few things that I just don't feel years I've lived on my own since I was 22 when I bought this house so I'm yeah. used to it personally I think that's one of the things about what if whatever you do 
you really need to know yourself and to like sort of design your life around what works for you. Mm. Because I can tell you if I was doing what you're doing, I would not last two weeks. Oh, well, I've, I've spent a lot of time camping out, sleeping on the floor, moving camp bed from room to room to, <laughs> to renovate a room and move to the next room. I've actually lived quite rough working on it, but I, I find it rather exciting for me. It, it works for me. I mean, it's not going to work for everybody, you know. No. Yeah. I just find it really fascinating, the sort of uh, multitude of ways that I'm saying women, not exclusively women, but because we're talking about women, choose to articulate their love of renovating. Uh, like I was talking to someone recently who is a passionate renovator and she drives, she and her partner drive around the outback doing renovations for people. Oh, good on them. Yeah, good so on. I'm going to get her to come onto the podcast. And I just think it's, it's really amazing and I think it demonstrates how versatile a skill it is to be able to design your life around it and design a life that's so full of creativity and joy and do it in a way that works for you. Yeah, I'm a bit committed in the city for, for the time being. I have a 20-year-old cat, uh, you know, so I kind of can't go too far until he drops off the perch. But um, it would be wonderful to uh, to go country town to country town, travel Australia and... Um, and, and do some do some things for free, you know, some older folk that maybe need the fence painting or something, you know, so why not just uh, go and lend a hand? How awesome would that be? I know, it would be pretty amazing. Yeah. It would When money becomes not such the issue and you can actually give back a little bit in life with what you do and if you enjoy it, then why not? Yeah. Actually, something we did oh, a couple of years ago, is, um, we support an organisation that runs of quite a few orphanages in Thailand. And we oh. actually bought a property and renovated it so that we could give the profit to them to help them run the orphanages. So we did that, like bought, renovate and sold. So a lot of our students helped and it was a big team effort. And oh. we made 120,000 in profit. It, like the impact that that has on, you know, little kids that have had a really rough start in life. It's just, yes. yeah, it makes you feel like you're doing something worthwhile. Yeah, that's it. It does make you feel like you're doing something worthwhile. Absolutely. Absolutely. So there's yeah. a potential for a lot of good. Now, what would you say your three top tips would be for women who are thinking about getting into renovating what would you say they should what are the things that they should consider it depends on whether they're going to be hands-on if you're if you are going to be on the tools and be involved or even even so if you're not hands-on I think you need a good team you know your electrician call him the sparky you need your plumber you need your carpenter you'll need contacts for scaffold company you'll, you you need those connections and and have a nice book keep all your notes, keep all your contacts, and you can just flick your pages and go to it. Um, so I think you need to be organized with your contacts. I think if you're just it, going to buy and renovate, doesn't matter what area, I think you need to research your suburbs. Personally, I like regional. Firstly, it's affordable, but also a lot, 
I mean, everybody knows the exodus out of Sydney at the moment, but regionals are really moving up in price and uh, they're being well sought after. A lot of people don't want to renovate. They just want to go to a nice country town and go, oh, well, that's gorgeous and just buy it. So you might find doing your homework on what is available and what sells once it's been renovated. So you do your realestate.com or your domain.com research. You know, keep your file notes for all of that hot tips rest <laughs> you know eat well rest yeah. <laughs> which is something I probably am short of but yeah you know have a good accountant have a really good I mean if you don't have a good accountant you probably have someone you could suggest but I've got a great guy and also a good solicitor to look over contracts I mean I've I've bought it the second house I bought up in Katoomba I just said to the agent I'll pop in now and sign the contract because the contract was only like six pages thick you know it was pretty easy but they, they panicked as, oh, no, we can't do that. Well, you can. But anyway, so having a good solicitor at an affordable price to go through your contracts and advise you, don't always think with your heart, you yeah. know, think research and get a building inspection one it's all very well building inspections will always be a 200 page scary document but you got to look through that a little bit but one thing people tend not to do is get a plumbing inspection a lot of old homes have terracotta pipes and uh, that can be a, a really huge expense if you have to dig them up and uh, replace them and make sure in your contract where your easements are. Sorry, I'm giving you a whole bunch here. Where your easements are, you don't want to buy a property and think you're going to extend and then you've got a sewer line straight underneath or something. So, the, I think the really great thing, Charmaine, is while you and I might be at odds with how we actually deliver the result, we are completely aligned with those aspects of renovating. So we're definitely singing from the same inbook. Yeah, yeah. Just have your, go in with your eyes open, that's all. You know, test the market, check it out, be aware. Know your budget. Budgets always blow out. It just happens. But, you know, you're going to find lots of stuff on Facebook Marketplace and Gumtree and, and maybe even eBay that's going to be affordable that you can fix up and make it just work. Not that I actually ever get to the point of styling. Um, most of my properties sell before I, I get there, which is such a shame. I'd actually like to do that. But, but I'm not sure that, that I am. But, you know, yeah, yeah. I think styling is, is good and you can sell it yourself so long as you're prepared to put in the time to, uh, to do that. I think the thing with selling is, oh, well, I think you need to be aware of your limitations personally. And yeah. there are some people that cannot sell. Now, obviously, you do it for, you know, like you do it professionally. But yeah, the other thing you're saying about budgets always blow out. I absolutely agree with that. And like, often I look at it. So we put in a contingency, but it almost always goes over a few thousand. You know, if I increase the budget, it would still go over a few thousand. By keeping it tight, it keeps you really honest to the, it makes you work harder. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, that's right. It makes you focused on looking for options. Yeah. And researching. It's like the kitchen. I just, uh, I bought a sink. And like I said, the kitchen came with it uh, just from Gumtree. And it's a, it's a perfectly reasonable one-year-old IKEA kitchen. I didn't have to put it together which was quite good but for 500 bucks um, I had to add five more units so for about $1,500 I've got a kitchen that's worth $4,000 so you know that extra money that I've saved well I can 
do a Caesar bench top instead of another product, uh, which I wouldn't use anything else but anyway. But, you know, you can kind of like, oh, I budgeted there, I can use that over there. There's always going to be a bit of a, a blowout. So you, you do have to be careful. I mean, just be savvy when you're buying paints. Go to Dulux. Do things like get your Dulux trade card, get your Bunnings trade card. They save you 5% here and there. But at Dulux, my local guys, they have cans of paint that just seem to be the wrong color for somebody like they mixed it wrong. But if it's an undercoat, does it really matter? You're going to paint over it anyway. I got a 15 liter can of undercoat, which normally would cost 200 bucks. I got $38. I mean, that's amazing. Sorry, I'm a little budget queen. That's just an amazing saving, you know? So that's there for me to do a whole stack of uh, painting. You know, some, I got some rendering paint. This lovely fellow over on the north side had this great idea of doing some rendering and he sold all of this rendering paint for $60, which I know is worth hundreds of dollars. So, um, you know, I'm happy with that. <laughs> I love it. Actually, I did an episode with one of our Renault queens, Michelle Lewis, much earlier. We went through a whole heap of tips for, you know, doing a budget Renault. She's very similar. She goes around, gets secondhand kitchens and, yeah, and makes epic profits on really low-priced properties, like the most recent one she bought in Adelaide for 195000 I think it was, and turned yeah. it into a $400,000 property so yeah i have a connection with the lady karen baldwin she's in adelaide and she turns around some amazing properties at great profits in that area the thing if you're in sydney it's really hard in sydney city to afford to buy the basic product before you can actually do the reno to da, 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 da. that's why i quite like regional i mean adelaide is let's not say regional but adelaide isn't affordable you know for for under three hundred thousand. but then you can do that in east maitland or cessnock or not so much orange or bathurst anymore they're pretty popular locations a goulburn beautiful homes in goulburn that you can do fabulous things with and turn it around but you have to get off your backside and go there absolutely yeah actually an area that we love is Newcastle. Yeah. I had a student recently come through um, end of last year. She came through our boot camp and she was hell bent on doing her first reno. She and like seriously, she was just out the door. She bought a property in Newcastle for two hundred and eighty-five thousand and did a fifty thousand dollar reno. No, so she used trades. She had it turned over in about six to eight weeks. Good on her. And um, she made a tidy $55,000 profit. Good on her. Or a house. It was a house. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mind you, it, Newcastle's going off at the moment. Yeah, she's just got her next one. I think she paid three eighty for that. But, yeah, so it definitely can be done. But it's, with, it's like anything you do need to research and you've got to know your market inside out. Yeah, every area has its wrong side of the street. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Yeah, you know, the Blue Mountains, you have to be on the east side of the highway, not the west side. You know, it's like, really? It's across the road. But, you know, it's just a local thing. Even here in Sydney on the way up to, like, Gordon, if you're on the west side of Gordon, we couldn't sell an apartment building there for love no money. But if it had been on the other side of the highway, it would have sold double the money. So it's just kind of silly. But you got to know these things and you got to go and talk to the local people local bakery and the maybe go to the pub and ask a few people you know hey where's a good spot around here mm, yeah go with as a classic one for having a location so yeah everything's like that 
Well, yeah. listen, I want to thank you for your time. I've really enjoyed the chat. I think you've brought a different perspective to renovating and I feel certain that our listeners will really love this episode. I'm just wondering whether you would like to share some images of your renos with us. Yeah, absolutely. I've been, because I'm so busy, I never get a chance to update my Facebook page, but I've been doing that madly over the last couple of days. I'm so, so not even halfway there. So it's uh, my Facebook page is Oikos Properties. I can email you that anyway, the link. That would be great. And we will include that in the show notes. Yeah. So thank you. So for those who are listening, I hope you enjoyed that. And I will make sure that we get Charmaine's Facebook page link to you so you can check out her work. We always love to get reviews because it helps to share the love and let people know that what great content we've got on this She Renovates podcast. So if you have time to write a review, we would so appreciate it. And that's it for this week. Thanks so much, Charmaine, and thanks everyone for listening. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.